Hi everyone, I'm Les. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to Anthropotomous, where we explore some of your favorite anthropology topics. Hey everyone, welcome to our latest book discussion episode. Today we're, we are discussing Lay Them to Rest by Laura Norton. She's a writer, a cold case podcast host, um, a professor, was it English professor? English professor. Uh, which explains why she writes so well. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's kick it off. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, you know, if I'm being totally honest, I, I always like true crime stuff on the you know TV and in books and whatnot. But when I think about it abstractly, if I think about I'm going to start this, it always feels like no, don't do that. That's going to be boring, right? This was not that experience. I obviously, I had that those trepidations going into it, but as soon as I started it, but I was almost immediately hooked by this book, and uh, it just it, part of it may be that um, the writer is very good, that they're working with an anthropologist, and just in general, I've always loved the investigative uh, aspect of the, that kind of media. So, all in all, just as an overview, loved it, loved it. Um, no, I, I, I honestly, I. As somebody who has been interested in working in forensic anthropology, you know, forensic anthropology is a very competitive field. And, um, you know, after getting my degree and not getting into a PhD program, it was kind of like I kind of lost hope in trying to get into forensics. But I kind of found this book almost inspirational. Like she doesn't have her educational background is not in forensics. It's not in anthropology, but she still found a way to work in forensics and help families be reconnected with their lost ones to figure out like to bring that closure so i found it in a way inspirational and got me thinking into well i don't have to be a forensic anthropologist you know i've gained a lot of skills over the years maybe i should start looking into other forensic avenues i mean if this person who doesn't even have a background in forensics can get into forensics based off her skill set then you know maybe that's something I can also do instead of just staying in archaeology. Which, not that I dislike archaeology. I work with some great people. I'm very lucky to have the job I have, but forensics was my goal. And yeah, I find it very inspirational that she was able to do that with because she was passionate about it. She found a way to be a helpful member within the forensic community. So as somebody who um, originally started in a more of a cultural background and um, has been leaning more towards archaeology. I gotta say, I, I agree with you. This book was pretty inspiring. I think she mentioned it in the books. You don't have to actually be a forensic anthropology to practice forensics in anthropology. So just because you're not working with the police to solve murders doesn't mean that you don't practice that or can't practice that. And then she also brings up that website where people can volunteer to help maintain the website where you can volunteer. And I'm like, you know, why have I not ever looked into that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know how to put websites together. Yeah, yeah. Like I have, uh, you know, my educational background. Part of it is in forensic anthropology. Like I could still volunteer to do this mm -hmm. and still maybe be contributing something. And you know, the thing is, the more you do stuff like that, the more you can actually add to your resume. So a lot of people will say things like, you know, you can't put X on your resume if it's not a thing, if it's not an actual work experience. But but it is a work experience. It's, it's a experience. skill. Exactly. You're you're developing a skill. Uh, I've known people who work who I know people now who work in the tech industry, who started out 
just playing around with Java on their own computer, mm-hmm. right? Just messing around with it. And they, they learned by doing small projects like, okay, I need to learn this. All right. For this project, I need to learn that, et cetera. And over the years, they, they gained so much experience that when they, you know, applied for a position, sure, they, they absolutely lied and said, yeah, I worked in the industry, <laughs> but they had the skills to back it up. I do have a friend who actually taught himself computer stuff all on Udemy and now has a tech job. But I think we're getting off topic now. <laughs> You're right. We are. Back to the book. Back to the book, as um, usual. <laughs> uh, but, oh, something I noticed. She's very good at bringing up random information to help paint a picture. That's a writer for you. That's yes. a writer for you. Because, you know, in the last book we read, he would bring up random information like, oh, I noticed this person spoke better, communicated in French, so I s- switched from English to French. And I'm just like, it just seemed out of place mm-hmm. and a little obnoxious. But when she does it, it's actually creating a picture. Like, she's talking about a road trip and how, for some reason, she's like, I don't know why, but we had to stop in front of, we had to stop and take a picture with the world's biggest shoe. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's... Well, I think the difference is the the other guy he was doing one of the humble brag things, right? Yeah. Where he's just trying to he's trying to show off how much he knows. Where she is um, telling you about an experience, mm-hmm. something that happened along the way, part of the journey, and that paints, like you said, mm-hmm. the picture. As a, as a big reader myself, I appreciated those details a lot. Yes, those were very. Um, I mean, they they really added value to the storytelling and putting you there. I also appreciated her discussing um, her being away from home and not being there with her family and mm-hmm. seeing the things her son. But I get it, like having to go out of town for work for several days at a time and staying in a hotel and not being able to take my kid to jujitsu or taking her to piano lesson. Not that she enjoys those things that make her do it, but um, she may you know? in the future. She may but, in the future. Um, you know, it's hard trying to have a career, especially one that has you traveling a lot and still trying to maintain a family. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel like you're not doing your job as a mom sometimes. Mm. Um, and I know, like, you know, a lot of guys, too, archaeologists have to travel a lot. You know, not they're not there with their children. And I'm sure, and it's, it's hard for them, too, but I kind of feel like there's a different relationship between a mother and a child sometimes. Especially we when, did read the what was it the the male and the female brain books. Yeah. And I mean, not to say that males can't have you know a connection, a strong connection with their children like the mother. Connection. It's a different connection. Not always though, because I've met some guys who are the primary childcare people in the relationship. You know, just being a parent, like yeah. <laughs> we expect mothers <laughs> to be parents. They are playing the same role. So. um I am totally going on a tangent now. Point no, okay. being, yeah. I definitely connected with her discussing having to travel and then missing out on family opportunities. Because it does get, it gets hard. Okay, so let's just, I just wanted to bring up the fact that um, what was it, the the young lady who was trapped, who was um, encased in the, the cement, right? So that was... I don't remember that. That was in the beginning. Um, well, I started re- listening to it like a couple weeks ago, so it was in the yeah, beginning. Was <laughs> um, so she was um, she was encased in cement and left in a cabinet on the side of the road or something like that. That's crazy. Uh, How do you do that? 
It's insane the kind of things that people do. But one of the details that um, she talks about in, in that part is that um, the coroner initially estimated her, her time of death at like November, right? But then she considered, okay, so when concrete is actually hardening and, and reacting, it creates heat which could speed decomposition. And whoa, that just broke my brain a little bit. I didn't even think of that. So just that that kind of small detail coming out of somebody who you know isn't even necessarily in a science field, uh, but just has that much experience dealing with crime and mm-hmm. cold cases and things like that is, is a really interesting way to look at things from different angles. And I think that's where she shines, is she sees things from different angles. Mm-hmm. Other than gushing about the book. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good book. You know what? Props to the illustrator who did oh, that yeah. book cover. <laughs> that is an amazing book cover. Like, that is something I would get tattooed on me. Like, good job to that illustrator. That's probably one of the best book covers we've seen so far. Just had to throw that little tidbit in there. <laughs> You're not wrong. That is, it's fantastic. So, a lot of the book was about teeth. Yeah, that's not unusual. Though. Teeth preserve well and can give you a lot of data. Right. Um, especially for any, I think if you run isotopus analysis on it, you can get it, maybe a general idea of what region they're from. I think based off like the strontium or something. And although I have an interest in isotope analysis, I barely pass chemistry. So um, I'm not the person to go to to explain that. Well, the more that I learn about um, archaeology, the more I realize that teeth are going to come up. I've never been a big tooth There's person. not a lot of dental anthropologists. Yeah, I think there's no. like a less than 200 <laughs> in the whole world. My advisor is, was, is a dental anthropologist and a forensic anthropologist, so I wasn't planning to study teeth until she was like, I have teeth data, here you go, go work on your thesis. So I was like, okay. Um, what's the point of... Oh, anyways, even though there's... Um, you know, even though not a lot of people study it, it is extremely useful. And running, I, I mean, and then, you know, like our last episode with Marin, she discussed, you know, taking isotope analysis from teeth because, you know, you're going to learn what types of food they're possibly eating during early that development. actually came up during this book, too. Yeah, yeah there the, was an isotope yeah, section. Yeah, there was yeah. an isotope section. Okay, let's talk about the guy who got caught after um, killing nine people and spreading their body parts around his was that the one okay i might be confusing this because my husband for some reason has just started watching murder videos on youtube Uh, so i might be confusing murder cases here but was this the one where something was written on a bathroom stall i think that one did come up in in that section i don't know if it was the same person or not it might have been okay because he's just been listening for the past two days i hear in the background all these cold like cases of murder cases I don't know why he's watching this stuff all of a sudden but um I'm starting to mix those cases in with the book now (laughs) well so they they talk about a couple and and, you know I I mentioned that I do sometimes uh listen to cold case stuff I actually accidentally stumbled onto it via a whole different genre and hobby Mm -hmm. Uh, the guy changed his content and it just turns out that a lot of it is turned turned into cold case stuff Mm -hmm. so um, I knew about the Summerton man, uh, who was the person found on the beach that was, you know, had no labels in their pockets and just. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, fascinating case. They say they've solved it, but it's debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't agree. I really have no opinion on whether or not they've solved it. Um, I think it's a it's funner as a mystery, but also uh, I hope they did solve it. Was that the? 
I'm having a hard time remembering these because all these cases are starting to squish together with random other cases. Was that the one where they thought he had a connection to some woman who he possibly had a child with and they were basing it off the like a tooth yeah. morphology? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and... I find that hard to believe that they have the same rare morphology, but they're not related. It's just coincidence. See, that's why it's funner to think that they didn't actually solve it. Because apparently this this person that they found who was related to them in some way, that was allegedly a, you know, the book that was found at the crime scene was allegedly the same book this woman had given to her significant Mm. other. And it was like, turns out the significant other just lived somewhere else. He was alive. He was fine. It was like, wait a minute. So if that's not, if it's the same, the same book, but it's not the book. And it wasn't a common book. It's a book. super big coincidence. Yeah, and that was weird, but... No. It's it's just fun to think about as all. Well. Terrible, obviously. Terrible, but... <laughs> <laughs> fun to think about. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, on the, the one that stood out to me the most was the, the man who... He, is, he essentially, he killed, like, I think nine people, and he dismembered them and then hid individual body parts along his route as a uh, landscaper mm. in people's yards and their potted plants and, that's so gross right it's like oh my god that is insane uh, i don't i do not understand people this is why you know i was hoping to work with dead people because i don't people just <laughs> people people are horrible <laughs> see, see uh I, I'm okay with bones. I don't want to deal with dead people. You know, bones I... Bones feel different than dead people. I was seriously, seriously considering doing forensic pathology because I get paid super well and there's more people retiring in pathology than people are actually going into forensic pathology. So they need forensic pathologists. Mm-hmm. I even looked up jobs in the area. There was like two job openings in like the Sacramento area. It's like 200000 a year. Over 200000 a year. Wow. But... I already have multiple degrees, and I would have to do a, even though I have a minor in biology, I would have to do a full year of hard sciences of, like, organic chemistry and stuff, and then take the MCAT before I even qualified to apply. So I was like, for well, med school, I'd have to go to med school. Well, um, yeah. And I was like, I can, I cannot go. It's a whole one, career change. That's I, a whole career change. It's a whole career. It's not, I mean, it would still be forensics, but it's like, my military benefits would not cover a full year of hard science courses um i don't want to spend thousands of dollars on but i mean like to spend all that money to just try to get into medical school but i mean like i've considered it It, i I wish i had looked into it before i started my master's honestly um actually before i started working on my second ba i wish i had looked into it if i had known but i mean i don't i think i would be okay working on you know dead people i feel like there should be a better word than dead people um cadavers but then that makes it sound like clinical like like they weren't people like they're just objects i don't know anyways I that mean, was I actually a big part of the book too yeah treating the uh, the dead as you know with the context that they were people not just objects yeah, because not just evidence they were people um i mean i did work you know did a some time in medical examiner's office, cleaning skeletal remains. Um, and, you know, you could see all the human remains on the other side that, like, the pathologists are working on and stuff. And I think 
I think I'd be okay working on them if I went that route. But I don't even remember how I came to this point in this conversation. It's just another tangent. This book is yeah. just really creating a lot of tangents. There was a lot to think about there. There was a <laughs> lot to think about there. Uh, but, yeah. Okay, so, uh, to sum it up, it was a wild ride. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lots to think about there. A very inspiring book. All right, once again, we were just discussing Lay Them to Rest by Laura Norton. Um, great book, highly recommend. And, I mean, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you all for listening. Distribution of Anthropotamus is in collaboration with the American Anthropological Association. Please continue to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Anthropotamus for our latest episodes, show notes, and book discussion schedule.